Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the spymaster director of our mystery shopping report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back to uh, inform you, entertain you, perhaps irritate you a little bit. Uh, but you just the, you get the facts. You get the facts here at Earl and Cars. We tell it like it is. Sometimes people don't like to hear how it is, but we tell it like it is. And at the end of this two hours, I mean, I don't expect you're going to listen for two hours, but if you listen for a few minutes, you'll learn something about how to deal with car dealers. That's really what it's all about. We have an industry, a huge worldwide industry, that is operating in... Yeah, I, I was going to say the 20th century, maybe even the 19th century, in the way they retail their product. Cars are retailed today uh, the way they were 100 years ago. Uh, there are very few controls on the advertising, the sales practices. Uh, there are rules and there are laws, but they're not enforced. And we have um, a huge issue with uh, the fact that the car dealers are pretty well grandfathered in. You wonder, why can't I buy a Chevrolet from General Motors, or why can't I buy a Honda directly from Honda? If you want to buy an Apple watch, you can buy it from Apple. But you've got a franchise system here in um, the United States, and really the world. It's a worldwide situation, uh, which uh, requires that cars be sold by car dealers. If a manufacturer wants to sell a car to you directly, and believe me, they do. Uh, they'd love to be like Tesla. That's a whole different story. But uh, they, they're not allowed to by state law. General Motors, Ford, Toyota, Honda, all the, all the manufacturers are locked into keeping their current dealer network. The dealers are a protected species, a protected species. They cannot be fired, terminated, moved. They are in place to stay. And the only way that you can change that situation is through the legislature, or through the regulators, and of course, the dealers own them lock, stock, and barrel. It's called lobbying power. They have tremendous national, state, local lobbying power, money. They make a lot of money. And um, a lot of that money goes directly into political action co uh, committees and their associations. In Florida, it's the Florida Automobile Dealers Association, South Florida Dealers Association, the Tampa Association. There's one in North Florida. There's a national, and every state has one or two powerful state associations, and of course there's the most powerful of all, the National Automobile Dealer Association. So that's why you're dealing with what you're dealing with. You walk into a car dealership, you call, you go, you go online, and they give you a price that's not honest. Yeah. You can't buy the car for the price they quote you. I mean, just think how frustrating it would be if you had to do the same thing at Publix or Target or Apple. You go in to buy an Apple Watch, and they say, what are you willing to offer on this Apple Watch today? And you give me a number, and I'll take it to my manager. This is the way 
cars were sold 100 years ago, and that's the way cars are sold today. So listen to this show, Earl on Cars, as long as you can. We have some experts in the studio. Sitting to my right is Rick Kearney, certified master diag technician. He's a, he knows all about cars. I mean, uh, forget about the technicality. You ask a question, he'll answer it. And uh, he has uh, YouTube. He, he monitors the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. So if you've got your smartphone or your PC, go to YouTube, go to Earl on Cars, and you can talk directly to Rick Kearney. You can ask him, send him a, send him a file. Send him an audio file or a video file. If you have a noise in the back end of your car, Rick's got a little story he'll tell you a little later on the show about that. Customer came into our dealership with a noise in the back of the car. Interesting diagnosis. But uh, give Rick a call if you have a squeak, rattle, or roll in your car you don't know about. He'll sell you, save you a ton of money. Stu Stewart, uh, my son, a general manager of my dealership. Yes, I do. Have, I'm a real live car dealer. And I'm talking bad about other car dealers. I do. I do that. They don't like me. You talk bad about yourself, too. I'm, I'm proud of myself. You, know. you, you talk bad about yourself, too. You're fair. Exactly. They say I'm fair. They, they don't want me around, but they, they say I'm fair. And, and there's some good dealers out there. Don't mistake that. And we have a list of recommended dealers on our website, earloncars.com, earloncars.com. A lot of information there. And uh, he's the uh, cybermaster of our mystery shopping report. Nobody does this. Nobody but nobody goes out and visits a car dealership pretends to buy or lease a car and writes a long detailed report and tells you exactly who you talk to, the name of the dealership, when it happened, the prices, uh, the conniving, or the honesty. I mean, we, we've been blown away. I mean, we have tears in our eyes sometimes. We go into a car dealership where the intent really is to be transparent and honest and give you uh, the best price they can on the car with no surprises, no sneaky hidden fees or dealer-installed accessories, all that other kind of... They don't do that. Every now and then, there's far too few. I'd say, what would you say, Stu, 5%? Mm-hmm. 5% yeah. and 95% aren't doing it that way. I haven't mentioned the Gallup poll in a long time, so I have to do that. Since 1977, I believe, the Gallup or Association, worldwide, the most respected polling association in the world, Gallup, as a survey they do every year since 1977. That's almost 50 years, and it's called Honesty and Ethics and Professions. Honesty and Ethics and Professions. Guess who is dead last in that survey? Car dealerships. Nurses are number one, by the way. I love nurses. They are, and when you're sick, they're so nice. And my wife, Nancy, is like a nurse. She takes care of me. I love nurses. Car dealers dead last. And they've been that way since 19. They've been that way since before 1977. That's just when the survey began. So, I'm on a rant. I'm going to stop. Uh, please call the show 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. And Nancy, my co-host, who founded the show with me about 20 years ago. Uh, she is going to tell all the females out there, all the ladies in the audience, and there are quite a few, thanks to Nancy, uh, what uh, special surprise and reward if you're a first-time female caller, you get a prize, and she'll explain that to you. Nancy is also a strong advocate for ladies' rights, and we're seeing this now. Uh, it's a revolution in the country, uh, way overdue. 
and uh, ladies have got a long way to go before they get equal rights. Uh, like a like of other like a, I started to say minority groups. They're not a minority group. They're I think they're 50 plus percent. They buy 50 50 plus percent of the cars and everything else. And so how the dealers get away with treating them the way they do, I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to turn the mic over to Nancy, and she'll tell you some other ways you can reach the show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, do we have an exciting show this morning. I want to open up the show by uh, letting everyone know that uh, the reason for my excitement in my olive oil-saturated fingers, hands, <laughs> I am holding, holding a office of the Attorney General, someone not someone, but a caller, a woman from April, used her patience, her willpower, her strength to pursue why she was taken advantage of. And I am, I got goosebumps talking about this. This is just phenomenal. And her name is uh, Lori, and I uh, reached out to her this morning uh, left a voicemail and asked her to please call the show. Uh, the reason uh, that she pursued that. all you want of me this. To hold that up while you're talking. Sure. And, and the uh, reason that uh, she pursued this is because she was taken advantage of, and uh, Earl and I uh, we we really tried to help her um, a lot. Earl went ahead and uh, gave out a cell phone number, a personal cell phone number. So there it is up up on the screen. And um, one of the uh, if I'm you want to take over and read the rest of that. Well, it's so complicated. I just say, uh, you, you go ahead. That's why I'm stopping. Yeah. Okay, we'll hand it back to it, me. It, it takes a lot of work, and I just want to congratulate Lorig for doing this. And uh, unfortunately, uh, it just takes a lot of work. And very few people will take the time and have that it's rare. persistence to do what it's you rare. did. Uh, here we go. I'll just read you the second uh part of all this, the additional sheet from the complaint to the Attorney General. Uh, here's uh, Lori. My complaint, dealership is dishonest and did not honor promissory note. And she has a photocopy of that. General Manager uh, James Lazaro refuses to communicate with me. Salespeople have dealt with me and it, it hasn't been a, a, a pretty uh, time for her. Uh, but she pursued and uh, she, my hat is off to her. She gets the purple heart. Um, number three, on the advice of Earl Stewart, uh, of Earl Stewart Toyota, and Nancy Stewart, um, I tried calling uh, the owner, the dealership, which the telephone number was given at nine five four six four seven seven four three seven. She left three that's messages. That's Teddy Morse's uh, personal cell phone. Excuse yeah. me. That's Teddy Morse's personal cell phone. I heard it the first time, but I wanted you to reiterate. Uh, so uh, through no telephone calls back, uh, she was left with no other recourse but to pursue, to use her patience, um, to use her willpower, to use her voice as a woman uh, to get some recognition, some action, anything. So here we are. So, Lori, if you're listening, please give us a call and then she goes and uh, I mean this woman is unbelievable sends us a, a thank you card and um, how many times do you get something like this of uh, this subject matter we get a lot of thank you cards uh, but this is just a little different and she just went uh, to lengths to just dot her I's and cross her T's and I really think that she's going to get some action um, in the Attorney General's office you know that we have talked about that over and over again Ashley Moody Ashley Moody 
Are you listening? So, dear Earl and Nancy, thank you for your advice regarding my complaint against Ed Morse. And uh, she goes on about the uh, complaint, the Attorney General. I'm not going to reiterate, but uh, here it is up on uh, the screen. And I think, Jonathan, uh, I think, can you see that? Okay. Uh, A bunch of pineapples. And and what a pretty card. What a positive card. Very nice. So, Lori, give us a call. We're going to talk more about that. And the moral to the story is you, too, can file a complaint with the Attorney General. That goes on record. And uh, if you do that, uh, they have to look at it. They have to respond. It's, It's difficult. You can download the form. Attorney General complaint form at EarlOnCars.com. It's a lot of stuff that you can download on EarlOnCars.com, and you can read mystery shopping reports. I have that back up, John. But uh, you can download this form at EarlOnCars.com. If you got a complaint, you got a, a beef with a car dealer, this gets their attention. The chief law enforcement officer in the state of Florida is Ashley Moody. She's she's the big boss. Uh, she she calls the shots on crime in Florida, and when this goes online, you send it to her. It becomes a matter of public record, and the media can access it. We access it. You access it. Public record, and no, car dealers don't like that. They will have to respond. My guess is this will be resolved positively in Lorig's uh, favor. So thank you very much for doing that, and men and women. Do the same. Uh, the rest of you out there, there's way too few complaints sent in because it's cumbersome. It's difficult. It's going to take you a half an hour, 45 minutes to fill that out, but it's worth it. Also, uh, I want to thank everyone who has uh, just uh, shared with us that they are, you know, uh, customers. They call it customers for life, but what they're doing is they're listening to us here at Earl Stewart on Cars. And all of us, the panel, I mean, we just simply couldn't do it without them. It's, uh, It's just magnificent. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, ladies, the first two female callers, you win yourself $50 this morning. Again, that number, 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Well, I'm going to go to Stu in just a second, but the most popular avenue, venue for contacting us is your anonymous feedback. I was talking to Jonathan uh, in, in the studio here about that and why we don't see more responses, uh, or companies don't see more responses. And we were talking, I think there's a, a, there's a, a fear among employees, and I guess a fear among a lot of people, that just because your promise is going to be anonymous, maybe it isn't. You know, I understand that. I mean, who can you trust today, right? Well, I don't know if you trust me. I don't know if trust Incognito. That's the company we use. Uh, I trust them. And my experience with this, we've been using your anonymous feedback for years. And I have never seen any uh, accusation or evidence of anyone uh, actually being identified. Now, you know, sometimes you'll figure out who it may be because they do it either on purpose. <coughs> or they sign it. Or they sign it. Yeah, I mean, I, they want to be known. But if you want to be anonymous, you are anonymous. I'm, I'm, I can't say I'm – I have to tell you I'm not 100% sure myself, but I'm 99.9%. That's pretty good. So 
Let's have your anonymous feedback.com. We already saw one came in recently when I came into the studio, and Stu uh, collects those, and those are really interesting, and, 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 and if you will send us one, we will get to it. Even if we miss it this week, we'll get it next week. We always answer all those. Say whatever you want, uh, because we don't know who you are, and I feel good when I sometimes, I just don't want to be identified. Uh, a lot of times I don't complain in a, in a, a store, because I don't want to make it a personal thing. Uh, but I'd like the owner of the store to have the knowledge of what I went through, and that's kind of like what you're doing now when you send the anonymous feedback. We can tell people exactly how you feel about car dealerships, including us. Okay. Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to interrupt you. I forgot my opening question. And uh, in the uh, USA, the Wall Street Journal, uh, this question was asked over and over again. Um, how likely are you to consider an EV? How likely are you to consider an electric vehicle? Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. We have some callers, but I see uh, that uh, Lori got my message, so I'm going to skip ahead to her. Um, Elise, if you can do that for me, thank you. Uh, good morning and welcome. Morning, Nancy. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'll tell you. Uh, pardon me for calling you at the wee hours in the morning. <laughs> oh, that's all right. I, I, I should be up anyway. But thank you for, for bringing um, to attention to everyone what, I, what I've what i done. I'm a little bit of a dinosaur in that. I still typewrite letters, um, and uh, I, I fill in forms. But, you know, nowadays people get emails. Well, they never gave me emails. And when I tried to call Ed Morse for numbers, they never gave me numbers. So I resorted to typewriting. Excellent. Yeah, that's good. That in anything in writing, email is always something. It becomes a matter of record, and if it goes to litigation or, or any sort of prosecution, uh, it becomes evidence. So, uh, uh, written correspondence is vital, whether you're talking to a car dealer, or attorney, or, or to uh, the attorney general. Yeah, and uh, also I'll I'll add to that. Uh, uh, what a great way to have a paper trail. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I believed in that from the very beginning, back in the 50s and the 60s, a paper trail. So I compliment you. You are an educated consumer. We love the fact oh, that oh, you did take you. advantage of the Attorney General. Yes, I did that. But my, my only thought is the dealership should, could claim that I they never received the letter because I did send it certified, but I didn't send it. If I had sent it priority, it would have been tracked. But for a letter, they were going to charge me like $8 to send the letter. And uh, I said, no, I just sent it certified. So, you know, it's my word against theirs if they got the letter. Yes. That's, that was my only concern. Well, Lori, keep us, uh, keep us posted as this uh, goes down. Because we've always thought that Ashley Moody was not acting as much. Uh, we had a recent incident uh, where we have uh, lawsuits being filed for dealers not revealing hidden charges when they people buy their lease cars back. And I understand that there are eight or nine uh, complaints filed with Ashley Moody, Attorney General, on that very issue. So that's encouraging. Uh, uh, if I think once the ball starts rolling and people start talking and the media starts talking about things, then you see the Attorney General having that. Otherwise, she sits on her hands because of the fact that uh, car dealers are very powerful lobbying. So 
any any developments, email us or call us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yes. Yes, even if I get a holding letter, I will let you know. All right. I will, I will, and thank you so much. Thank you again. Thank you. Okay. And, you know, I, I feel like uh, something's been lifted off my chest. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and if you could possibly email me uh, to uh, just uh, retouch, you know, reconnect, uh, because I had a problem sure. finding uh, our communication between each other last month. Okay. All right, Nancy. Um, is it the same email they gave me before? And yes. Stored it, at yes, Nancy, okay. Nancy S. at estoyota.com. All right. I'll do that right now. Have a splendid weekend, and thank you for calling. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, we're going to go to Donnie in Tampa. Thank you for your patience, Donnie. Hello? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. Um, I was calling because I wanted to ask a question for Rick, and what it involves is, although I live in Tampa, I'm going to be buying a new 22 Corolla hatchback from your dealership because of your reputation. And I learned about it from uh, YAA, oh. which uh, oh. I'm sure Earl, Earl's aware. But that's how I learned about your dealership. So my question is, for Rick, is I'm getting the, uh, the SE trim of the Corolla hatchback. And uh, I have a question concerning the instrument cluster, whether or not the one that comes in the same car but the XSE trim, which has the uh, bigger display screen and the digital cluster as compared to the analog one that's in the SE trim, can those be swapped out just as a plug-and-play and work, or do you have to stick with the one that comes from the factory? No, they're, they're total different design. And the electronics and the wiring to it are completely different. They definitely would not be able to swap out like that. Okay, I was just because I've seen some YouTube videos of people doing it, but and they and it and it seemed like it worked. But I, you know, I'm always suspicious of that because I don't know the after effects of it. Because yeah, there there would the be more to the, yeah, there there would the be more to it than the way they make it the seem. Same. I'm sorry, go ahead, please. Uh, there would be more to it than the way they make it seem on those videos. And okay. uh, certain features wouldn't, I could guarantee you'd lose certain features that wouldn't work. And you also it would uh, jeopardize the warranty on the vehicle, too, if you've changed something like that, that out. Was, yeah, that was going to be my next question, is, is if you did that, if that would affect the warranty in some way. Especially if it caused something to burn up by... Uh, you know, wires getting crossed or something, something not not compatible, that would definitely be non-warrantable. Okay. Well, thank you, Rick. I, I appreciate that. It was just something, you know, I mean, I, I considered ordering the next SE trim, but I didn't I didn't really care for all the other upgrades, but I do like the instrument cluster. Right. So I would, that's why I was calling, just to see what you had to say about whether that was possible or not. So, and uh, thank you for answering my question. My, my, my last question isn't so much a, a maintenance question, but I'm, I'm having a, a rear window spoiler added on because it's a two-tone car with a mm. black roof. Are those spoilers safe for driving through a car wash, or do you want to avoid those? I, you know, I don't know the specific, with the, how big the, with the profile is. Hey, this is Stu. Um, um, we do have a car wash at the dealership, and we've had issues from time to time on some vehicles that have things sticking out of them like roof racks 
So it could be a thing. I don't, I don't know. It, it would probably depend on the car wash, but I think anything sticking out. Um, but is this the spoiler? Is this is a factory spoiler? Yeah, it, it's, it's the OEM spoiler that, that I couldn't order it as an option on the car yeah. because it's two-tone. I could only order it if it was a solid color. Gotcha. And so I had to order the part through your parts department okay. and to have it on after after I get the car. So, But I, I got to thinking, I usually normally do a drive-through car wash, yeah. and I, I thought, well, maybe you can't do that anymore with a spoiler added on, even though it's low profile. I mean, I don't think it's likely to. I mean, most of the issues when we run, run into them are with larger vehicles, like a big SUV and a roof rack or something, like I said, sticking out of it. Um, the curl's pretty small. Um, tell you what, um, I can ask, I can find out for you, or if you want to speak to um, one of the guys <coughs> at the parts department, like uh, Martin at the parts department, he would know. Um, you just ask him, is this going to be a problem in a, in a drive-through car wash? And um, and he's going to probably have a little bit um, more knowledge of it. Um, I think it's possible, but probably not likely. Okay. Uh, well, I'll be I'll be coming down to the dealer maybe this week, and the car's supposed to arrive, and uh, I'll, I'll do that. I'll speak to someone at that time. Yeah, and if it turns well, out it does, then, time then, and then help, yeah, you just return it to us. <laughs> Uh, okay. And for me personally, I thank you all. Before, before you hang up, I want to ask you one quick question. Uh, how did you discover YAA, and how long have you been a member? Uh, I, I I recently joined about a, a month or two ago, and it's, it's an amazing organization. How did you find out about it? Well, it was uh, I was uh, since I went into the looking for a new car, I was on YouTube, mm -hmm. and I just stumbled on their one of their videos and i started watching it you yeah. know and i started listening to ray and zach and and during the course of following his daily broadcast and and reading their articles and stuff uh they mentioned your dealership mm -hmm. and at that time i don't think you had joined yet but that's what uh that's what piqued my interest and even though i live in tampa you know i was like i'm not getting the same sort of consideration on buying a car yeah. from these local Toyota dealers that that your dealership is known for so I'm like, okay, you may be a few hours drive away from me, but, you know, I would rather do business with a reputable dealer than to go through the hoops that, you know, someone else does. And then I learned about your channel on YouTube from YAA. So one led to the other, and then there I've been go. following both of you since then. Well, thanks. You know, becoming educated on everything. So thanks, it's, it's been a really good experience. <laughs> yeah, I, well, we, we had uh, Zach call the show a couple weeks ago, and uh, we'd like to give them a good, strong plug. They're, uh, they are an amazing uh, group. The uh, reason I ask you how you discovered them, because we, we, we haven't seen anything like that until we ran across. Yeah, you, you go to joinyaa.com, J-O-I-N, you know, like join yaa.com gives you all the information there's a father and son a group uh zach and ray and uh they have a lot of uh, really qualified experts on um advising people on buying and leasing and maintaining and repairing cars testimonials recommended dealers i mean join yaa.com is uh, an amazing group and thanks so much uh, uh for finding us donnie on there and and buying a car from us and uh and for calling the show, we really appreciate it. And uh, Donnie, well, yes, sir, it's been a pleasure. Yes, I, I just want to, I just want to let you know that what a domino effect! Great call, thank you so much. And uh, well, YAA, I can't say enough about them. Thank you, Donnie.
Thank you for calling. Yeah, you all have a blessed you all have a blessed day. Thank you very much for your time. God bless you too. Uh, we are right. going to stay with Bye-bye. the phones, but uh, first I want to say that uh, you know something, women represent a huge, huge opportunity for the auto industry. Please don't forget that. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Ladies, fifty dollars for the first two new lady callers we're going to stay with the phones and we're going to talk to renee who's a first-time caller she's calling us from south palm beach good morning good good morning how are you well very well uh this morning thank you for calling and you and yourself fifty dollars this morning uh well you're welcome and thank you for uh the opportunity that's exciting thank you how can we help you you. well Can I ask any question about a muscle car? Any question. Sure. Muscle cars was really a big article in the automotive news recently. Uh, I was reading about it uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. How does oh, it interest well, you? Well, I have a mini. Well, I have a mini car collection of vintage vehicles, like, but like a four four two, the first year, mm-hmm. the sixty eight wow. convertible. <laughs> And um, it's not four on the floor. It's an automatic. It's on the console. But I, I just acquired a 66 triple black convertible Mustang. And I was driving. It's also an automatic. I sold all my my manuals. And I was driving down the road. And I'm embarrassed to say I maintain the car. It's a GT350 wannabe because it has the hypo. It doesn't have the 289, and I, you know, decoded the VIN. I did all that. I did all the research. So I'm at this red light, and it's like chugging, and then boom. Oh boy. Yeah, and I said, uh-oh. I never blew an engine, oh. but I don't know what that means. Like, no, I don't know if I, my car, I don't know what happens, and I don't know what to do because <laughs> the car's not drivable. Oh, boy. We'll have to turn this call over to our genius technician here rick <laughs> i could use this help <laughs> from the description you've just given it sounds like the engine has indeed locked up or, or blown up uh basically it sounds like you're going to need to get a mechanic to diagnose it um my first step is yeah, give me a little more specific about what happens when well, there, there's mm. many different causes, but the, yeah. the biggest one is usually when a, a connecting rod bearing wears out or breaks, comes comes apart, and basically the connecting rod separates from the crankshaft into many pieces. Yeah, so the crankshaft makes a connecting rod. Oh, the connecting no. rod connects the crankshaft to the to the engine where the pistons uh, right. go up it's and down. Yeah. In, internal, the, oh. the crankshaft is the big center rod that's spinning, and the connecting rods are connected to it. They are moving up and down with the pistons and spinning the connect the crankshaft. Mm-hmm. And when one of them separates away from it, it basically the metal just starts to shatter. Yeah. And it Sounds starts like you're talking destroying about a new, like a new engine metal, a new engine, right? Yeah. Well, oh. Wait, a new a new en- wait have to get a new engine or can they rebuild? Oh no. Oh, rebuild to use uh, would be the part. You're not going to get a new engine for an older car like that. So uh, you would get a rebuild or a uh, used and you should look for the warranty. Uh, and, you know the pricing is going to determine how good a warranty you get. But they are available out there. You'd be surprised. Uh, so there's some very sophisticated sources for used parts now. There, it's all computerized. 
and you can find it and price it out and get competitive bids. Well, for for a '66 Mustang, though, that you're trying to keep it, uh, I'm guessing you want to keep it as close to original. Uh, my first thing that I would do is I would seek out the forum sites and look for some of the car clubs around here, uh, yeah. the antique car clubs. Track down some members there and ask them who they use for mechanics for their cars, because you're you're going to want to find someone that really has a, a, a finger on the pulse of the community. You'll be probably able to find parts for that car, maybe even locally, at an extremely good rate. Because what's what you're going to find is a lot of these car clubs. These members are so passionate about their cars, they'll practically donate parts to try to see another car like that get back on the road. Exactly. So you're oh. you're actually not in that bad a shape on it. Um, well, good luck. Yeah. Sorry that you had the problem. And Renee, I want to tell you, you're part of a sophisticated group, and uh, you piqued my interest. Hey, are you going to take me for a ride in that GTO? Uh, well, I <laughs> I'm just kidding. The convertible. Uh, I, I don't care what it is. <laughs> I, I love those muscle cars. Well, takes me back to my teenage years. Renee, congratulations um, again on your $50. Thank, thank you so you. much for calling this thank morning. You. I'm sorry we have to rush. We got calls backed up. Please spread Thank the word. You. We're building a platform here for the ladies. Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. You too. I'll certainly do that. I've already started spreading the word. Thank you so oh much boy. for your time. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. We're going to go to Marty, and uh, Marty's uh, giving us a call from uh, North Palm Beach. Uh, no, West Palm Beach, I believe Marty's calling from. Good morning, Marty. Morning. I did an agent lightning job for you. Look at So I, I wanted to give you the information I got. Uh, a relative of mine thought they wanted a Honda Civic. So we went over to Brayman Honda. The base price in the car was 24765 They wanted 399 for wheel locks, mm. 379 for window tint, time window tint. Uh, lifetime warranty. Uh, they wanted uh, four ninety nine for fabric protector. Oh. They wanted three ninety for maintenance. Five eighty for pinstripe and door edge guards, and only two thousand for market adjustment. And that brought the car to twenty nine thousand oh twenty one. Wow! What model was it, Marty? Uh, it was a Honda Civic. Civic. Ford. <laughs> That's a low price so, Honda. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I talked to my relative, and we went over to Earl Stewart Toyota, and they ordered a Rav Four. <laughs> so Raymond, I offered the guy, and I knew he wouldn't take it. I said, uh, "I'll give you the MSRP plus tax." And I said, "In the old days, you'd say I was a sucker." They, they didn't even move. They, didn't, <laughs> they wouldn't even talk to you. So that was over 4000 extra. Yeah. You're the greatest, Marty. So uh, you can put that in your uh, Agent Lightning file. Yes. And uh, stay out of that dealership. <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, Marty, what was the 584 again? Uh, let me see if I get back to my phone here. Hold on. Uh, 580 was... Wait a minute. Wait, no, I'm not driving. Jonathan says it was pinstriping. Pinstriping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah pinstriping. 
pinstriping and door edge guards, only 580. Wowzy. It's tape. Okay. <laughs> I thought that's so, what you said. Uh, yeah. So you that, know, you can I never mean, believe these numbers. And I don't even know. And this, but in defense of them, this was on the addendum sticker. I mean, this wasn't like go in there and start off with uh, MSRP. This was off. This was out in the open. This price. So I, I you know, I guess I got to give them a D for honesty. Can't make the stuff up. Right. Right. Well, thank you, Marty. Uh, Call again. Appreciate uh, your uh, uh, free mystery shopping report. And uh, okay. we'll do another one. Very, very interesting because I told my relative, I said, you're not going to get this for MSRP. I said, go to Earl Stewart right away. Mm. But they wanted to look at the Civic. So exactly. They're, they're through with the Civic already. <laughs> Marty, All you're right. a blessing. Thank you so much for calling. All right. Have a good holiday, everybody. Thank you. The same to you. Okay. Uh, ladies, uh, I have $50 left here for the next lady caller. The second new lady caller, $50, 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, I, I want to mention brag a little bit. I, I like it when we get the word out, and I got a call. I didn't, I didn't even say, mention this to Stu, I don't think. Uh, I got a call from CNBC a few days ago, and uh, they've seen you know, some of the hoopla going on in Florida, and, uh, and they did a Zoom interview um, focusing on the future of the car business. And uh, uh, they were, it was all tied to the fact that what we talked about, or what I talked about at the beginning of the show, uh, how will cars be sold 10 years from now, 20 years from now, and uh, what is going to happen? Uh, will we be, be buying cars directly from the manufacturers uh, because of the uh, outrageous uh, activity by car dealers and we have this big uh, lawsuit going on in South Florida now uh, 30 some odd dealers involved uh, because they're charging hidden fees and uh, dealer installed accessories and and all sorts of extra fees on the purchase option price which is direct violation of the law the consumer uh, has a protection when he leases a car saying that the option on your lease contract is the only price they can charge you. They cannot charge you one penny more than that. And dealers in Florida are charging thousands of dollars over the option purchase price. Consequently, we have two attorneys in South Florida, Miami, Dania area, that are suing uh, around 30 dealers. So CNBC has heard about all the hoopla, and uh, uh, they'll be uh, running that video. And, or they, they've actually said they may want to uh, do another Zoom video to talk about the history of the car business. Rick, yeah, you're... Yeah, uh, Guy Larrabee happened to ask a question. He says, uh, will other manufacturers likely go the Ford route with respect to selling their electric vehicles directly to consumers? And I looked it up and I found an article on YAA, Join YAA, where it says that Ford is actually following Tesla's route where they're going to be selling the cars where you order it online and then the car is delivered later, which basically is a direct-to-consumer sale and that Ford is going to apparently follow this route and may even try to do it later with their Ford Blue division, which are the gasoline-powered cars. So do you think that they're actually going to get direct-to-consumer? I think they would want to do it, and if there were a manufacturer that would do it, it would be Ford because Jim Farley, 
who uh, is a friend of ours. We uh, used to have him with Toyota years ago. In fact, Cyan, he, he was the founder of the Cyan effort, which failed, unfortunately, for Toyota. Uh, and then uh, he went into a different capacity with Toyota. And then Ford grabbed him and made him CEO of Ford. So Jim Farley is very positive when it comes to uh, the consumer. The problem is his hands are tied by state franchise laws. And you can't just sell electric. You know, Tesla is not able to sell cars directly just because they're electric. Uh, they are a new manufacturer. And so the new manufacturer... Are they getting around it? Because it looks like they're under the Ford umbrella creating two different companies. One's Ford Blue for their traditional, and mm -hmm. then the Ford E is going to have... They're planning on doing this direct-to-consumer model. Yeah, well, they can, they can try, yeah. and I applaud them for trying. The problem is uh, if the state attorney generals don't want you to do it, and the state legislators don't want you to do it, uh, and, do the, it. <laughs> and the dealers don't want you to do it, and they have a little meeting in a smoke-filled room, you're going to find a new law. And Tesla actually has en encountered some laws uh, popped up in a couple of states. I think Texas might be one of them. There's one or two states that you cannot buy a Tesla. You have to go over the state line. So uh, it, it's going to be a, a giant battle at the time the manufacturers do what Ford is, uh, may have done. And when that happens, boy, it's going to hit the fan, and they're going to be uh, there's going to be lawyers, and there's going to be attorney generals, and it's going to be a bloody massacre fight uh, because the manufacturers want to go direct. Ford's only one with the courage to admit it publicly, but I guarantee you, Toyota, Honda, nobody wants to go through the car dealer network. It's just a pain, <clears throat> a pain to them, a pain to the consumer, and they want to go direct. But hey. It's been a hundred years of lobbying and state legislators that have grandfathered these dealers in. You can't get them out. It'll take a long time before they get out. Ladies and gentlemen, um, I have a question for you. Um, Earl talked about this, and uh, he was, uh, you, you know, even on the uh, local news. Uh, why are car dealerships adding extra fees? Why are they adding extra fees to those that are buying out their leases? Uh, Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 877-960-9960. We're going to stay with the phones, and we are going to our next new female caller. And uh, she's calling from Wellington. Her name is Camille. Good morning. Good morning. Is it Camille or Camilla? It is Camille. Oh, good morning, Camille. Congratulations. Good morning. You just won thank yourself $50. You. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Please spread the word to all of your friends that we are giving out $50 for the first two female callers. What can we do for you this morning? Morning. Uh, thank you again. I'm um, calling uh, I have a Volkswagen Jetta and it's almost done on and we want to buy out the because we definitely don't want to try to at this point try to go buy a new car with all the different fees out there and we have a decent buyback on the car. We actually went to go visit the dealership, and our buyback is thirteen five, roughly. That's a lease car, Camilla. You're yes. talking about? Yes. It's, yeah. Okay. It's a lease. Yes, it's a 2019 lease. And when we went back to the dealership, they tried to have us buy the car back for over twenty thousand. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah, there is fees and uh, inspection fee and junk fees. fees. Yeah, fees after fees. And honestly, 
not even an explanation as to how the bees were breaking down, but oh, see that. Camila, uh, do you have a pencil handy and a piece of paper? Um, I can't. Uh, I want to give you the name of an attorney in uh, Dania, and uh, his name is Joshua Fagan, last name spelled F-E-Y-G-E-N, Joshua Fagan, F-E-Y-G-E-N. His cell phone number, direct line, is area code 954-697-0357. He's suing now 20 or 30 dealers for the very crime that you're, de- you're describing here. Uh, and there is a law, it's the uh, consumer uh, lease law, that says the purchase option price is required to be the number stated in your lease contract. In your lease contract, that purchase option price is all the dealer can charge you. They cannot charge you one penny more. Uh, they can, uh, the state can charge you sales tax, and they will, and you also have to buy a license plate but, or a transfer. But the dealer cannot charge one penny over the purchase option price. So Joshua Fagan, I, before I call Joshua Fagan, what I might do is call the dealer back and say, I'm going to call Joshua Fagan. Okay. And if you don't know who he is, Google him. Uh, WPLG uh, has done a series of articles that's Channel 10 in Fort Lauderdale. WPLG Channel 10, Fort Lauderdale. So uh, the word's out. Uh, the dealers are, are really worried. Maybe this dealer doesn't know about it, but uh, you tell them that you want to buy that for the purchase option price, or you're going to call Joshua Fagan, and uh, he can see it. You'll see him in court. Okay. This, this is going to take you a long way, Camille. And uh, yeah. again, that number is 954 697 so I'd take okay, advantage perfect. of that avenue that you can open up, and I'll tell you what, you'll get their attention real quick. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate You guys have a great holiday weekend. Call the same back. to you. Call us back and let us know how it went, Camilla. Yeah, we I would, will. We would love for you to stay in touch with us, and please spread the word to your lady friends. Thank you. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. I just have a little anecdote here that I, I, I ran across in automotive news, and it's, it, it's amazing. Uh, you think luxury cars, what do you think about? Mercedes, Lexus, BMW. Do you know who the mogul in luxury car sales is today? The big, the big gun, Tesla. Tesla is number one in luxury car vehicle sales, and there, there are 33,400 cars ahead of BMW. They're ahead of Lexus. They're ahead of all the hotshot luxury people in the world. Number one luxury car dealer. So if you think Elon Musk is a flash in the pan, think again. Uh, he's uh, reinventing the luxury car world for sure. Rick. And Kyle in Pennsylvania had just given us a quick note here that says, uh, apparently, Tesla immediately raised the prices uh, by $9,000 in the case of the cheapest standard Model S. Uh, he says, so I like that the price is up front, but the customer's still paying way more than a year ago. Yeah. 
Now the prices are going up. Uh, you know, if anyone thinks, you, you see, the first thing they attacked Elon Musk and Tesla about was they're making all their money by the uh, subsidies from the government on electric cars, and nobody can possibly make this. Uh, uh, you know, make this thing happen with electric cars. People aren't going to buy electric cars. And as soon as the subsidies run out, Elon Musk is going to go broke. Well, now he's making money hand over fist. And uh, now, not just with Tesla, but with SpaceX and with, uh, what's the other companies, Stu, that he's got? He's got... Uh, uh, the Boring Company. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He, the guy is... He, Twitter, pretty soon. So, uh, the, the guy is a financial genius and... Uh, He's, uh, he's, he's reinvented the car business in the United States. It's going to be amazing to see what happens. And Yeah, they were, they were saying that he should back away from Twitter. He's tweeting too much and just concentrate on Tesla. Um, here, um, I have a, an alert for you, uh, Earl. An Earl alert. Earl. Oh. Um, the uh, Tesla, I believe, is leaving the parking lot. Oh. Uh, it's uh, right here. What? Your, your, your car is leaving? What, what's going on? <laughs> uh, Tesla, we parked out front. I think it's achieved uh, sentience, and it's now going to get groceries. Yeah. If, if, if anyone's interested, <laughs> what, what, what has happened is uh, Nancy and I, when we parked the car in South Florida, the sun, uh, we put it in doggy mode. A little thing on the screen, you have doggy mode, and, and uh, we choose 72 degrees. So while we're at Publix or while we're at the radio show, uh, the temperature in the cabin of the Tesla is maintained at 72 degrees. And then your big display, which is visible from people walking outside the car, says, my owner will be back in a few minutes, and he's keeping the temperature in, my, in the car here at a very comfortable 72 yeah. degrees. Please and don't break a, the window. And it's got a picture of a doggy in there. And that's so people won't break the window or call the police. But we realized we only had 22%. We didn't know we only had 22% charge left on our battery, so uh, the Tesla notified Nancy and me that we're turning off doggy mode because, and you're going to have a warm car when you get downstairs because you've only got 20% left on your battery, yeah. and we don't want you to have a dead battery. That, that, so, uh, that little red Tesla has notified us cool uh, of, of a lot of stuff, but uh, Mr. and Mrs. Crazy that's uh, driving that uh, Tesla, I'll tell you what, I see an opening here, ladies and gentlemen. We have to do, we do have to do a uh, reality show it will be like no other <laughs> two crazies in a tesla 877-960-9960 772-497-6530 take advantage of all of the avenues that you can uh, get in touch with us we are going to take care of youtube uh, we're actually kind of caught up right now on YouTube. Okay, so we're going to go to Stu. Absolutely. I'm going to jump over to Anne Marie's text, uh, but before I do, a text just came in and said they'd like to hear the uh, um, information for the attorneys that you mentioned. It went by a little bit too quickly. Sure. Um, and I'm also going to answer, while you, before you do that, that we have these listed on earloncars.com. As a matter of fact, it's the uh, most recent article. So if you go to earloncars.com, the one right up on the top titled, WPLG, Channel 10 in Fort Lauderdale, upholds the meaning of the fourth estate. It's all about what we just talked about, and towards the end of the article, um, it's listed um, uh, Joshua Fagan, and it's 954-697-0357, or Jonathan Kane, and that's 954-523-5123. I'll repeat that. Joshua Fagan, 954 
697-0357. Interestingly, with Joshua Vegan, do you know how he got onto a, his first problem with dealers in this lease buyback thing? He tried buying back his own lease. No, they took they took advantage of his daughter. Oh, and you don't want you to don't take advantage that. of a lawyer's daughter or mother. <laughs> uh uh-uh, uh no. And then Jonathan Kane nine five four five two three five one two three. So if you are uh, if you've tried to buy back your car and the dealer has added um, extras um, onto it, call these guys. All right, uh, let's jump over to Anne Marie, who uh, sent this sent this uh, yesterday, and it's waiting for me. Uh, good morning. I realize you're a Toyota dealer and not a Hyundai dealer, but I'm hoping that you can answer this question anyhow. News reports say that Hyundai is recalling 239,000 cars. There are the uh, Accents and Elantras and Elantra hybrids in the U.S. because the seat belt pretensioners can explode and injure the vehicle's occupants. One, why would a seat belt pretensioner explode? Um, I can understand the airbag exploding because it has a charge, but I've never even considered that a seat belt pretensioner, pretensioner could explode. Can you explain this, please? And yeah, that's another little little hidden thing. Normally, they don't cause problems. <laughs> it's what cinches the seatbelt back in the, in the event of an accident. And Rick can explain the, the physics of that and what, the mechanics. Uh, you've pretty much got it exactly right. In the retracting portion of the seatbelt, where it will wind up the belt, there's basically a small charge. And it's got about the power of a, a 12 gauge shotgun I shell. I didn't know that. That's how it gets. That's how it saves you. I mean, there's a hand grenade and right there, and it's, well, it's uh, only a firecracker. No, no, it's, it's, it's a shotgun shell, <laughs> shotgun but shell. without the shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know this, by the way, uh, Father. Um, when I first started selling <laughs> cars in 1997, that's one of the th- safety things I learned about. They, yeah. they, this has been around for a long time. At, at the no moment idea. of impact, it actually <laughs> explodes, <laughs> blows up a right. small controlled burst that makes the seatbelt yank in and retract as hard as it can oh, to pull yeah. you into the seat so that you're back in, up yeah, so, against the seat. So you're not just flying forward, it's pulling you back to keep yeah. you safer, yeah. which is a how, good thing. How many t- Until Hyundai ran into this little problem. <laughs> that they started <laughs> not laughing, going but. off immediately while you're driving down the road. That's a bad thing. your seatbelt just basically yanks you back into the seat. Is, is that a feature? Pardon me for interrupting. Is that a feature that's still on? Is that on I, the Avalon? Yeah. Every car. Everything. Okay. Everything's so got Earl it. and I went back and forth for the last two weeks about my Avalon because there have been times whenever I have driven it and that feature, it's, um, well, it's good and it's bad. Yeah, don't, we're talking about in an accident when they when you. Uh, it, well, it when explode. you make a sudden stop, it just grabs yeah, you yeah, well, and it locks. That's actually the seatbelt lockup. Yeah, that's, that's a, a mechanical yeah. feature that he when you're. A fly uh, if you get a uh, sharp hit the brakes or something, the seatbelt will lock and not let you go out. You know, won't let you pull exactly. out more right. seatbelt. And that, yeah. again, that's designed to keep you held in the seat and it definitely so that you restrains you and it de- definitely isolates you and so what i've been doing is uh open no, it's not, t- the, t- not the same thing oh well it's another feature of the yeah seat belt yeah okay well we beat that up now, i don't know um, if they know um it did, i'm looking to the art and sent the article i just wanted to see i don't know if there's been any injuries or if anything's happened or if it's just a potential defect so don't want to panic anybody, but if you have a Hyundai, you need to go to safercar.gov and put your VIN number in there and see if your car is affected by this. Mm-hmm. Uh, any car, every car, yeah. you should check your car at least yes. once yeah. every couple of months, once every six months. Check your VIN number to see if there are any open recalls on your car. And But Hyundai drivers, you might have exploding seatbelts. So. And 
Here's and, then, a, and then for whatever it's worth, as we talk about this as if it's really going to make any difference, uh, yeah. when you have the recalls and you do know about it, uh, people just don't go there and get them done anyway. So only uh, it's apathy. Uh, the Takata airbag, if you've been listening to this show for a long, uh. number of years, uh, we hammered, we hammered, we begged, we pleaded. People get the notices. Sometimes they don't. I mean, I know that. And but you, and there's availability, savercard.gov. A lot of ways to do it. You can ask your dealer, blah, blah, blah. The fact is, even when they get the notification, people don't come in. The, yeah. the manufacturers now are hammering the dealers uh, and notifying the customers, please bring your car in for yep. these safety recalls. But apathy. Uh, for every four recalls, one person comes in to get it fixed. And here's a quick hack for you. If your car has a safety recall and you go to the dealer and they say, well, we've got ordered parts or something, you tell them, I don't feel safe driving this car. I want you to provide me with a rental car and a dealership has to pay for it. No money comes out of your pocket, yeah, period. Well, yeah, they are get, required to provide your get, car until yeah, they get your car fixed. They'll get an argument now with rental car prices off the chart. So, uh, it's a, it'll be a battle. Anyway, let's move along. Yeah, so. great information, Rick. We're going to go back to the phones, and we are going to talk with Julie uh, from West Palm Beach. Uh, welcome back, Julie. Hi, thank you. Um, I had a question. Fortunately, back in March, I had a car accident, the first in my lifetime of 50 years driving, and I hit somebody from the back. Um, I thought it was a minor accident because they didn't really have, I couldn't tell they had any damage to their car. And mine, I thought it was mainly a fender bender, but um, I called up my insurance company and um, they said I could talk to somebody in three weeks. So I go to the dealer to meet the insurance agent. It's actually a technician from the dealership. And I said, I thought I was meeting an insurance agent. And they said, we're a um, State Farm certified shop so our technicians can look at your car. So... Um, then they ordered the parts three weeks later they came in and then they had my car for two weeks and i have a corolla which is you know a relatively cheap car but what i thought was minor damage turned out to be fifty five hundred dollars mm. and luckily i only paid two hundred fifty dollars you know my insurance deductible um is that normal now that they're having the technicians from the dealership represent state farm or other insurance companies it's very difficult the insurance companies have got way back on their overhead uh, for the obvious reason of more profit and uh, uh, we have a collision repair uh, center at our dealership and it's more difficult than ever to get insurance adjusters out. They've gone to the uh, videos and the uh, and the graphic. Uh, you take a picture of the customer's car, you uh, uh, send the video file or the, or the graphic file uh, to the insurance company, and then they, the, rarely do we see insurance adjusters in, in major collisions. Uh, you can get them out, and usually takes a long, long time. But you're right, mm -hmm. uh, it is a, it should be a qualified person at the dealership that has been through a course on, on, on estimating damage, and he mm -hmm. should, he should have a certificate, and he should know, in fact, he, he would have to, if he's a State Farm certified shop, State Farm would not mm -hmm. accept the, the estimate from him unless he were qualified. And on the cost of the repairs, that's unfortunately um, becoming more and more frequent. There's sensors, there's so many things. Uh, I was mm -hmm. in a, a similar thing, my brother and I were rear-ended, 
um, recently, uh, a few months ago, zero indication of any damage on his car whatsoever, but it smashed his mm-hmm. uh, parking sensors apparently underneath the bumper, mm-hmm. and it was a costly mm-hmm. repair, yeah. Yeah, I was amazed when that. Um, I've yet to look at the estimate that shows the actual parts of the car, because what I was given was parts and labor um, report. And the lay out of the fifty five hundred, the labor was almost two thousand dollars, which seemed kind of excessive. But um, I don't wow. know. Julie, let me ask you a question. This is for my own edification here, because we have a collision repair also. Uh, when you had the accident, um, did, and you called uh, State Farm, you t- called your agent, and and told him about it. Uh, did you have any discussion with him about where you'd like to have? What well, first of all, what kind of a car do you drive? It's a Corolla. Corolla. Okay. It's a Corolla. Did you yeah. did you say that uh, uh, you would like to take it to a Toyota dealer, uh, body shop, or did you uh, have any conversation? They, yes, they did ask me where I wanted to bring it, and oh. um, my car's very. I mean, my car's only like um, was only like. Um, maybe 17 months old. I mean, it was relatively new still. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, everything was warranted still. Um, so right. I decided to bring it to the dealership. Do but they did, we did have a discussion of places that I could bring it to. Do you mind if I ask you which dealership you took it to? Palm Beach. Uh-huh. Toyota. And, okay. So we went to Penske Collision. Uh-huh. Well, that's a good uh, indication from State Farm. They've been guilty in the past of steering uh, people to uh, the shop they want. In this case here, they had a apparently a shop that uh, I didn't mm-hmm. know was a certified Toyota shop, but apparently it is. State but, Farm uh, certified. Right. State Farm certified, yeah, but not a Toyota certified. No, I'm not sure. Yeah, we don't know. Well, thanks, Julie. That's very interesting, and uh, you brought out a lot of information that a lot of people uh, aren't aware of, the high cost now with all the sensors and complications mm-hmm. in cars. Fortunately, you had good insurance, and it only cost you 250 right. bucks. Yeah, but God knows what my insurance will be going <laughs> forward. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Julie, um, things are terribly pricey, and uh, yes. th- thanks for bringing all of that to our attention. And, yeah, and one final thing: um, people were telling me I was pretty lucky that I got the parts in that quickly because it could have taken a lot longer. You Boy, were. that's for sure. You everything, were. everything, mm-hmm. inventory shortage. Julie, thanks so mm-hmm. much for staying in touch with us. Thank you. All right, bye bye. Look forward to hear from you again. We're going to okay. go to John in Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning, John. The recalls came up again. We've more or less been ignoring it lately uh, with all the things that are going on with the new car pricing. But what I want to say was a particular car I want to speak to about is Hyundai. Uh, The notice is only going out July 1st, and there's 220,000 cars involved from 2019 to 2022. It's something major to do with the seatbelts. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's a major problem. And again, on Hyundai, a second recall is going out for another major problem. Uh, From 2013 to 2014, the fuel line in the engine leaks and the car goes on fire, whether the car is running or not. Mm. But that's gone out before, and evidently they're not satisfied with the amount of recalls that are coming in on it. So it's very important that a person that buys it, the way you cause a seller now, they get on the phone, either call the dealer or the nationwide 800 number and find out if there's any recall on that car. Very, very important because safety is involved. And then the second part of that question, if I buy a car that's 100% certified, like say from a Honda dealer, 
okay? They say all the points have been done and everything. And then I found out later that at the time that I purchased it, it had a manufacturer's recall on it, and the dealership, the new car dealership, didn't do anything about it, but yet he certified that all his inspection points and everything were done. Is there any recourse to an attorney that somebody could have? I think it'd be yeah. tough, John. I think uh, uh, it would be uh, probably too. I don't think an attorney would take that. It's just even though you're right and the dealer's wrong, uh, when an attorney takes a deal or doesn't take a, a case, it's based on how much money he can make, and usually that's uh, in, in, within your benefit too. The more money the attorney makes, uh, the uh, you know the the bigger the problem that you had that gets solved, hopefully. But it's too small for most attorneys uh, to take something like that. But you're absolutely right. Yeah, the, the remedy would be like the, to refund the amount of the cost of certification, yeah. Yeah. like eight hundred dollars, and yeah. wouldn't be a ton of money. But you're, you had a good point, John, because. Uh, I'm going to shoot from the hip here. Seven out of ten certified used cars did not have a thorough check that they claim. There's a check sheet, and they say check it. Uh, the people that are doing the certification often are salaried. Uh, uh, you know, you know if, if you're in a, a dealership where they're on flat rate, uh, they get paid on the per what they do. There's less likely they're going to take advantage when they're paid by the job. But it's they, it's like a lot of check sheets. I. Uh, tongue-in-cheek half seriously I say ask to see the check sheet and if on the check sheet someone drew a line through all the boxes then and it's not dirty and greasy that means they probably didn't do it you know they say here's the car here's the check sheet they they yeah. take the check sheet they draw a line and they send the car along and you buy the car and you never are the wiser good point well I'm so glad that the topic came up again today because yeah. it used to be part of the shopping reports and it's so important for people especially where used cars are selling so fast, and it's a matter of life and death. So I just want to thank you for bringing up that topic again today. Well, thank you, John. Thanks for the call. John, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much. 877-960-9960, and the uh, text number here is 772-497-6530. Don't forget there are a lot of different avenues uh, that uh, you can go to, Um, a lot of um, Internet out there, education. Uh, Your PC is just uh, unbelievably uh, – what was the word you used one time, uh, Stu? You were talking about it being so – uh, there was some adjective that described it. Anyway, think about that. Uh, I'm going to give you a um, website you can go to, www.floridalawprotectingcarbuyers.com. www.floridacarbuyers.com. Take advantage of that also. Okay, where are we going? Got a couple here on YouTube. Rick? Uh, Kyle in Pennsylvania says, I'm in an old dealership photo Facebook group. And he saw photos posted. The first one was a Monroney label from a 1970 Chevy Camaro. MSRP was $3,500. Another photo showed a same car, a Chevy Camaro, 1980 model, with an MSRP of $10,500. Earl remembers the 70s inflation rates. Uh, do you see a repeat coming on that? I don't think so. I mean... Uh Interest rates back in the 70s were uh, off the chart. Uh, I remember paying uh, the bank uh, 20% interest uh, to uh, finance the new cars I had in stock. 
and uh, you could buy an, uh, a note for GMAC, General Motors Acceptance Corporation note, and get uh, like a, a bank, you know savings account, but it's a, a note, and you get uh, 18% on the note. You put $1,000 and they pay 18% a year. It was absolutely crazy. That's when we had wage and price controls, and uh, I don't see this inflation here. I mean, people talk... Six or seven percent. I've heard nobody talking double-digit inflation. Uh, I don't think it'll happen. Hmm. And John Strine says, I've read lately Toyota has announced twice a projected reduction in completed vehicles for 2022. I want to order a Venza and was told I couldn't order it until at least August. Uh, will the announcements by Toyota affect the projected delivery dates? And does Toyota keep dealers informed on production numbers on a regular basis? They, they do, but not as well as they should. And uh, we don't keep our customers informed either. It's, uh, it's not, not very organized. In fact, it can't be uh, because there's too many surprises. I mean, the whole Ukraine war was a huge surprise. Uh, we thought all, it was only a microchip issue, and then we found out there's other. So the, the, the supply chain is a complicated, worldwide, convoluted uh, mess, and uh, when this uh, pandemic thing came, wham bam, uh, caught everybody off guard. And uh, Chrysler uh, Corp, I still call them Chrysler Corporation, uh, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, uh, Fiat, or whatever the hell they are. Uh, uh, Stellantis, what's Stellantis? Stellantis. Yeah, Stellantis. Yeah, Stellantis. <laughs> it's they, like, like Nissan. Anyway, they're on the low end of getting parts. Uh, yeah. uh, they, they have certain manufacturers that are on the top end. They're the preferred preferred shipper too, and so it just it, it it's just absolutely. Uh, um, I, I don't think. Uh, I thought things were going to get better last year. I, I still think things will get better this year, but it's going to be a long time before we ever, if we ever, get back to normal. It's too good for everybody. Uh, by that I mean not the, the buyers. It's too good for the sellers. The manufacturers, um, even the ones that don't admit it, if they're, if they're good, if they're going to survive, they're making good money. The dealers are making obscene money. Uh, so... Uh, I don't think we want to uh, go back to the day where the manufacturer could build all the cars they wanted to and send them to the dealer and make them take the cars and they get into this vicious co competitive uh, selling, which is great for the consumer. I think you're going to see some good price controls on cars. I wouldn't be surprised to come out of this thing and seeing cars bought like you do uh, Apple uh, watches and, and iPhones. When you walk into an Apple store, you pay sticker price. Nope. You want to buy an iPhone, an Apple Watch, sticker price. You want to buy a Chevrolet, sticker price. I think that might be, it comes down to that, maybe a little better. I don't know. Okay. So, um, I have a question for you. So, you don't really think that it's uh, the uh, 1970s all over again? No, no. Even, no. With, uh, even with Wall Street, with everybody talking about it? No, infl uh, inflation. They're calling it stagflation. Well, that's, we didn't have stagflation in the 70s. It was well, today rampant prices and it was just crazy anyway uh, yeah it, it's far far worse than the 70s well it's a real split it's a real debate anyway folks uh, what do you have to say give us a call toll free at 877-960-9960 and you can also text us at 772-497-6530 and don't forget don't forget that you can subscribe to will Stewart on cars podcast uh, you can do so by following uh, podcast apps from your iPhone and your Android smartphone. 
You can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher Radio, and also SoundCloud app. So take advantage of that also. Now back to Stu. All right. We have a text uh, we got from Dee in West Palm Beach. And Dee's tried to ask these questions for the last few weeks, but we've run out of time. We've had so many phone calls last week. Yeah. I remember we hardly got into any. But let me get to Dee's uh, questions. Uh, first question is, just he wants a review, a quick review of rat and possum defense. Um, um, we were talking about vehicle, uh, animal intrusion in the cars, and the most common is, is our rodents, like rats. And yep. uh, Rick, maybe you could run over uh, really quickly what you can do to keep rats from getting in your car and messing things up. Uh, some of the best things that we've found are uh, hot pepper tape. Honda actually makes this product where it's a tape infused right. with cayenne pepper and other hot spicy peppers. You wrap this around places where the rats might get to and chew, and hopefully they taste that. They say nope, and they leave. Um, I've heard that cinnamon oil sprayed underneath the hood of the car can help chase them away. But that that will that'll burn your eyes when you go to work on that car. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> and just other than that, some of the best things to do is Try to avoid don't keep having, cheese in your car. Yeah, don't try to avoid having anything uh, uh, long grass areas near your car. You yeah. know, avoid parking near places where rodents might congregate or come yeah. from. And if you have a rodent problem, like in your yard, um, you can call your pest control company, and they can set traps out there. Yeah. And um, call we push wildlife or call <laughs> push where they can relocate the rats. The rats. That's what, what they do. What about millipedes? That's what they do. Uh, don't see those much anymore. You don't? Yeah. yeah. Come over to our house. I have one by my pool. <laughs> they're in the garage. They're in the car. They're in the house. Oh. They're outside. Yeah, they're, they're everywhere. They're harmless. I'm always taking pictures of them. You should try counting them. Uh, I have. Uh, you said they're yep. harmless, but uh, step on them. You. Step on them. They're smelly. Yes. Okay. The second question uh, is a question about do it do it your do it yourself repairs DIY repairs for a rusting car refusing converter. Um, using if you're a professional, maybe try that. Just if you're not listening, rust converter. You can remove rust, or you can apply something called converter, which it converts it into basically a, a goo like a black goo that hardens and you can paint over it you can sand it and it's just if you're a it could be a big mess um but it's a viable alternative to rust remover um and it might even be better if there's perforation on the rust because it's going to form like a little goo that will harden but uh it would be messy that's my only opinion are you familiar with rust converter at all uh, i've messed with it before i've i've heard of it and i've never really been a true believer in that sort of thing to me it's I, I would yeah. consider it's used on on, on car parts and yeah. body repairs sometimes, but but if, if you're really trying to save the car, replace that body part. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we have a t text here from Robbie and Stewart. Hey, hey, Robbie. Robbie's text all the time. Uh, so Robbie says, "Good morning. I have a 2011 2011 BMW X5. I bought new. We bought a new Forerunner Limited from you and haven't driven the BMW since. Well, obviously, um, it needs a battery." Uh, struts or bushings. I want to sell it, but I don't want to go through the hassle of dealing with the dealer. You've spoiled me with your honesty in every department, and I don't want to go anywhere else. <laughs> who who buys vehicles like this as is? Thank you. And that's, like I said, from Robbie and Stuart. I can answer that right now. Anybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, now's the time, Robbie. I mean, uh, you got uh, all the uh, sources, online sources. Just sit there with your yeah. smartphone, go to Carvana. We buy Rome. any car. Yeah, we buy any car. Uh, they're all, and then when you go there, you'll see advertised other sources. Uh, you can, everybody wants to buy that car. You can have fun with this because you got a car you're driving, you like, you want to get rid of that car, you're in no hurry. T take a week 
and just see how many different places you can get bids on. CarMax, I left them out. And they, everybody wants to bid on these cars. And uh, you'll get a huge, huge price and have some fun with it. Yeah, Robbie, you... you and you can call us. You call us, we'll give you a price. I mean, uh, and we'll remind you of some other places to go. We probably won't be the high bidder. I mean, if you really want to take your time and shop, it's a car seller's paradise out there. If you're selling your car, be it a lease buyback, uh, be it an old car you've been driving or a late model car, whatever it is, it is a seller's market. You can finally enjoy what the dealers are doing right now. Dealers are in high cotton. They're they're getting fat and happy. They're getting huge prices. You can be a dealer. Shop that used car years around. You can make yourself several thousand dollars profit. Yeah, and even with the the issues with the struts um, um, and the other issue, um, you, you, you can still get a figure with that factored yeah, in. Yeah. That just the estimate of the cost of that repair would be deducted from the the the, the, um, the normal appraisal or uh, figure they give you. Yeah, so. when we, years ago, remember uh, cash for clunkers? There wasn't any pandemic back then. People don't. People think when they got an older car, it's not worth anything. And dealers were taking advantage of, during cash for clunkers by paying fifty bucks a car. Mm -hmm. And we had wholesalers that would come in and bid on the cars. Three, four thousand, six thousand. Yeah, yeah. We, we were we were we weren't paying, but the wholesalers were paying, and we would we pay, and then we would sell it to the wholesaler for a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, and it was unbelievable the the clunkers, the cash that we got from those clunkers. Yeah, <laughs> and none of them were so clunky. No, no. Yeah. Um, Boy, that was a time. We, we'll t we got. There's probably some listeners who weren't even born <laughs> during that. We could probably tell them about the Castro Clunker era. Forget Different time. Um, anonymous feedback here. Um, there's one that came in a couple of days ago. I think you read it. You might even dealt with Rick on this. It says, "Hey, great video from Rick on battery issues. I have a charging issue. Uh, battery light came on, and could smell the belt. Alternator lost charge. Replace alternator battery. Light turned off, but doesn't come on with key." Uh, um, Keon, grounded out alternate connect. This is a lot of technical stuff. <laughs> Do you remember what this was about? Thank you, Rick. Goes on. Thank you, Rick. Rick, 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 yeah. Rick yeah. thank you. you. You solved a big problem with a whole lot of technical stuff with 12-volt signals and ignition and alternators and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I, I the think car the bottom, nuts are going to hate me for this. Yeah. Well, the, the bottom line on that, he still had some issues going, and I think we pretty much recommended the. It looks like he got a defective alternator. Okay. Yeah. It um looks like it's spoken in Rick language here. It's not even like in English, like with. It's just all just the facts, and Rick understood it. And uh, wow. Okay. And when you're on Facebook, you they have a translate. So if you get something in Rick language, you just translate it. <laughs> exactly. Um, here's another one. Uh, nice tip at the end of your show last week regarding being able to use your flashers in the rain <clears throat> in Florida. Thanks for tips like that. Yeah, we uh, last week we just discovered I was Googling something else. And um, we've talked about, we've said don't put your flashers on in the rain. And uh, apparently uh, with, without much fanfare, last summer there was a law passed in Florida signed by Governor DeSantis uh, that says, yeah, yeah and on highways with speeds over 55 and in low visibility conditions, you can put on your flashers. Another law that will never be enforced. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's just to let the people, the annoying people off the hook yeah. so they can't get pulled over. I'd, I'd like to be a lawmaker for a while. I just make a bunch of laws and nobody reads them or enforces them. But, you know, you can get kind of vent and get all the laws. And Should I read this one about arresting Fauci or something? I'll skip that one. About what? Arresting Fauci. <laughs> oh. We get spammed from time to time. Um, okay. Costco program says vehicle be sold at the lowest price for which 
um, model that's been for the model they'd sell to anybody for what time period? I, I think it's pretty much during the time period when Costco audits the car. I mean, they can't say that you sold it at the beginning of the year for this price and now it's the end of the year because the prices would always vary. But what, it's uh, it's from the time I, it's it's from the time you post that price. Yeah. So if you if you post a price and Costco approves it, say it's twenty thousand dollars, <throat> and the lowest price you've been selling to your regular customers is twenty thousand five hundred dollars. Um, it's during that period when you post it. So if they um, chose to audit you, um, yeah. that would have to be in that time period. Well, yeah, you post you post prices whenever you want to. I yeah. mean, and you can repost higher or lower, yeah. whatever you want to do. Yeah. yeah I don't know how quickly um, Josh handles um, that directly with Costco. So I think it's pretty much pretty instant. You go online. So I don't know if I see because I don't have an evil brain. I don't always think of like the way things can be like used for for nefarious purposes. So I don't know if that could be used to manipulate like a Costco dealer. Could they uh, change prices on a day? You just like how fast could you do it? Could you do it over an hour? No, because they don't honor the rule anyway. Yeah. So they You're why right. would they? <laughs> Why would they care? So, right. In other words, if you want to be evil, don't think too much. Just be evil. You're no. not going to get caught. Yeah, Stu, I mean, you're saying your brain doesn't go sideways? Uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> hey, I have a That's real quick... That's my biggest problem. <laughs> I have a real quick question, and this may fall into Rick's lap, and it's from Industry Innovations from uh, Automotive News. And there's a French uh, company. It's a French sensor and software company uh, that just specializes in food and fragrances and things like that. And just recently... Uh, they went into to the business to detect what just doesn't smell right in your car. My question to you, how many times do you get a complaint like that? Rick, tell us what this smell is, where it came from. How can we get rid of it? Uh, well, well before, before you answer that, this article, and I, I apologize because I should have remembered that. Uh, this is really interesting. This company has scientifically... Um, can scientifically measure bad uh, and unpleasant odors, or any odor. And and what we do now, it's all subjective. You know, we, uh, Rick, you know, uh, you, I, have a, you, I don't you, smell you, you have a science condition. My guess would be you can't smell as good. Yeah. And plus, most of the pe- country nope. has had COVID, and nobody can smell anything yeah, anymore so, anyway. So human beings are imperfect. You come in, and you've got a serious odor in your car, and, and uh, Rick gets in the car, and he says, Smells okay to me. Well, Rick can't smell anything. Yeah. I'm making this up. Rick can and, smell it. And, and but, but the person driving your car. Same thing with the hearing. Uh, people in my dealership are angry at me because customer calls up and says, my car is making a terrible noise, and, and the technician took for a ride and says he can't hear it. And so then I call the service manager. I said, would you please have a technician that can hear drive with this customer? And they get mad at me. That's not an insult. We all have visual yeah. Sense uh, smell. So Glenn can't hear. If you can, <laughs> no. If you can, if you can, put it in. If you can scientifically create an instrument that will measure it. What a great idea that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, our our problem at home is that my um, ability to smell things is enough for the world. I can smell anything and where it came from, how many miles away it is. Uh, but let's get back to this article no, in the Automotive that, News. Yeah, this is it. done with, uh, this is important, uh, this is uh, done with biosensors. Uh, we're talking science here with peptides. Um, this is from uh, Silicon Technology. So this is, uh, what are your thoughts? Sounds like a great idea because it would, it takes an, a subjective thing that one person might hear a noise that another person can't hear one person 
gets an odor that another person can't detect, a smell is offensive to this person but not to this person, and it gives you a concrete definition of what that odor is and how severe it is. Because uh, I can take my iPhone and use a sound meter on my iPhone to tell me you're getting a sound at this frequency and at this decibel level. This is, you know, that helps guide me where I'm looking for. Yeah. I think the smells are so subjective that it's very it's, personal. I'm yeah, gonna try very to, I, I'm gonna investigate buying stock in this company. <laughs> this sounds like a huge breakthrough. It's fantastic because yeah. I mean, the, the idea of sniffing out uh, the scent of a mold yeah. that has grown because of a small water leak in a car or a belt that's starting to slip a little bit, causing a smell. You know, things can mollify um, quite, uh, quite quickly. Uh, in this article, uh, it says that we're measuring preferential uh, affinity or the absorption of various odors and melodors to these peptides, which mimics what we have in our nose. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, the, the mo your nose works by basically molecules going in and being detected. So yeah. if you can create a machine that can duplicate that process. If you're, that's, that's always bothered me because if I smell dog poop, that means no. I actually have dog poop in no. my nose. It means you have hydrogen True. sulfide. No, no, you're smelling hydrogen sulfide. You're smelling gases that are produced by well, the. And, 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 and that's, that's a good point, Stu. No. So, so many thing. gases. It's not fecal matter in no. your nose. Yeah, so it's so not actually the matter. It's there's the no gas poop being in your nose. released. It's the worst part. It's, but it's not. We're poop. digressing in a very bad direction. We are. We are. We're, we're, we're going. There's wrong. a lot of. I got a lot of. I got a lot of anonymous well, feedback. Well, let's move back to Everybody one has feedback. a very valid, <coughs> a, a very <coughs> valid complaint. But I was just wondering how many times that falls into Rick's lap in the you know, line of work that he does. Hey, seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, and uh, you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. You can tell by the speed of my voice we're running out of time. We're going to stay with the phones and we're going to Mark in Palm Beach Gardens. Good. Good morning, Mark, and welcome. Good morning, Paul. Um, I'm glad to get off that poop subject there. Um, anyway, uh, I wanted to get uh, touch base with just a little knowledge about the rust dissolving issue. Um, back in the, about 40 years ago, I worked managed a major local body shop. A lot of times we used uh, a product called OSPO inhibitor, and we used it when we fixed up older cars that people want to paint. A lot of times you get rust on the trunk floor from leaking or tr rust in the firewall between the engine compartment and the passenger compartment of the car. A lot of times we use those products in order to change the rust over to carbon or a carbon-like substance to stop it from growing, yeah. whether it was perforated or not. Um, and then after an overnight soak, you'd wash it with water, and then it was um, primed and painted. Yeah. Um, it's weird that uh, just uh, yesterday my daughter picked up a product. I have a, uh, a, a canopy on my patio that's anchored to the patio floor that I spend most of my daylight hours under, and the straps that hold it onto the ground are starting to rust away. And I don't want to spend $600 for another canopy. Anyway, make a long story short, there's a product sold by um, Home Depot, Lowe's, uh, made by Rust-Oleum. It's called Rust Dissolver, and it's a spray gel that you spray. Uh, you, you would scrape off any rusty area and then, <laughs> excuse me, spray it on, let it sit 30 minutes, 
and then rinse it off with water, and you can paint right over it. It stops the rust. Mm-hmm. So you can do use it on uh, old-style steel wheels that have rusty surfaces on them. Um, you can use it on tools. Anyway, it has an automotive use, and it's very inexpensive. But um, I heard you mention... Uh, the rust situation. Yeah. I just wanted to share what's that. A, what's the brand name, anyway, Mark? What's the brand name? Rustolium. It's, it's made by Rustolium, and it's called Rust Dissolver. Okay, Rustolium, Rust Dissolver. Interesting. Hey, Mark, what do you think um, yeah, for like a? Great, yeah. Would you recommend an amateur messing around with the rust converter? Or is it too of a too much of a messy situation? Yeah, you just make sure you wear safety goggles and gloves, rubber gloves. And if you get it on your skin, uh, rinse with water right away. But it doesn't have to be too messy. This is, okay. you know, like most spray applicators, you've got a spray stream and a straight stream. And, you know, you can keep an area as small as you want. You just have to be conservative. And, you know, you just spray it on the area effective, affected. You All don't right. need to do anything more than that. So, yeah, use it. Uh, I used it and let it sit overnight. Washed it down with a power sprayer and... Instead of being red, crusty, rusty, it's now black. And uh, I've used other products. It's the first time I've used this one, but I've other used other watery-type uh, sprays on my same van. It keeps them uh, clean for about six months, and then it starts to slowly creep back. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the tip. Yeah, no, anyway, no, Mark, what a great tip. That. I, know, I know you guys are, uh, and I'm looking forward to the... Uh, Thank you. Um, my experience with Rust-Oleum products, uh, that's an amazing product, and um, you're wise. Um, wearing gloves, doing it outside, that's the best place to do it because uh, those fumes really spread. Um, we are going to uh, go to Stu. Okay. Anonymous feedback. Um, says, we just bought a used car from Brayman Auto, uh, Brayman Audi in West Palm Beach. They use the digital closing documents. Here's the process. Once in the box, the finance manager uh, brings up all the standard docs, reviews them, and has you sign them on a touchscreen. Once all the docs are signed, the documents are printed um, off on paper for the dealer file and then scanned to a thumb drive for the customer. There's nothing underhanded about the process. If you wanted the paper, they would provide it. We appreciated the thumb drive rather than a lot of paper. I converted it to th- from zip drive to thumb drive just as an educational thing. Zip drives went out about 20-something years ago. We're talking about thumb drives or flash, flash memory drives. But, um, yeah, I think Earl did a little bit follow, a little bit of follow-up after that last week, and um, maybe yeah. you can report on that. Yeah, I talked to uh, Alex Kirkin, who is the attorney for the Florida Automobile Dealers Association. He's our go-to guy for auto-related law and things like that. You know, think, of that nature, uh, I, I was shocked to find out that's perfectly legal. And uh, as far as as far as he's concerned, I'm going to actually take it a little further because I think I think there's got to be some case law. There's got to be something in the federal uh, regulations uh, for disclosure and transparency. Uh, basically, you know, there's there's the letter of the law and there is the intent of the law. The intent trumps the letter of the law. I think what we're seeing now with the digital revolution, I think we're seeing science and technology get ahead of the law. And we forget that a high percentage of our population of consumers is, is digitally um, blind. In other words, we, it, there are a lot of people out there that uh, 
don't know how to find information digitally. And they can't read it, they can't understand it because they can't read it, they can't find it. Uh, it's hard enough when you get a hard copy, we call it in the digital age, a piece of paper with a disclosure. Because a piece of paper's got a bunch of fine print on it. Uh, we were struggling for years and years and years to have the manufacturers and the dealers not have fine print, that we should have important stuff like prices and modification of those prices in large letters. And we're talking about on a piece of paper. So we never won that war, and before we could yeah. lose or win that war, and remember what happened they changed the rules. But remember what prompted this last week. There was a, a woman called, her son bought a car, yeah. had re agreed to a price of 60, they tried to sell it to him for 65,000, then they negotiated, they agreed to 60,000, he went home, um, got the thumb drive, he didn't have a computer, Took a several days. He went to his mom's house, plugged it in, saw the price had been changed to sixty-five thousand. Yeah. You know, I think a good follow-up question for Alex is: Shouldn't it be legal to to make sure that they offer the option, offer paper first, or offer as an alternative? Because it sounded like they just gave him the thumb drive and, and kicked him out. Well, he would probably tell tell me off the record, but uh, the dealers love this. I mean, I I mean, trust me. All I got to do is rewind my brain to 1975, and I would have killed for the ability to give somebody a thumb drive instead of a copy of the buyer's order or the installment sales contract or the lease contract mm. because people don't read the the paper contracts anyway. How are they going to read? Th think of the trouble you have to go through. How many people know where the thumb drive insert is on their PC? And what, and, I don't have a thumb drive insert on my well, PC. Well, I mean, but I'm saying that's exactly right. I mean, it's right. just... I, I couldn't. I would have to go yeah. to work. Uh, well, actually, I have an adapter at home. I'd have to find an adapter and do a bunch of stuff yeah. that most people aren't going to bother with. Well, there's some attorneys out there listening. I wish somebody would uh, text or write, call the show, something, and uh, give us your advice. I, I think I'm correct that the way laws are made, someone would have to sue. So you'd have to, the, this young man that yeah. had the thumb drive that got taken advantage of because there was no disclosure, he needs to file a lawsuit. And and he needs to find a, a good attorney that wants to do something like make case law. Because once he wins, That's there's no law. law against it, but he can still win. Because the judge will say, the intent of the law was disclosure, and that was violated. Therefore, we're going to hold yeah. that the thumb drive was not transparent and honest. And then voila, you have precedent. And then you have precedent, and then you have a new law. So uh, that's our next windmill we will tilt at. All right. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to stump Earl. You ready? You're ready. Easy to do. It is. This is a really easy one. <laughs> what, are, what are Earl's thoughts on the Lexus IS 500 V8? Zero. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any thoughts on it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, V8. I mean, what is it? Uh, uh, well, is this the IS? Okay, so is, are we talking about the – okay, the IS is their small Corolla-sized car. Well, 500 is a big, big engine. I, I had the LS 500. Yeah, the LS. Now, if they're putting a V8 in the IS, do you know if they are, Rick? I have not heard that. Because that would be a whole lot of engine in a little little tiny car. Yeah. That's That would sound dangerous to me. Kind of outrageous. Or fun. Right? Depending on your point of view. Combustion engines are an endangered species. They're going to go away. You folks out there that like the muscle cars and the big big engines, you better buy them now because yeah. they won't be around much longer. I, well, not even like in, in Toyota. That's the reason I think it's interesting that Lexus is uh, building V8s. Um, Toyota, the Highlander, is, is dropping the V6. But why, why would you do that when they just come out with the Corolla YR? Yeah. 
that the a three-cylinder turbocharged turbo. engine is producing over 300. 300 horsepower. Yeah, and you're seeing it like the, the, the Tundra got rid of the V8. They're down to a, six, a V6 I'll turbo. I'll tell you why, because old guys buy big engines. $100,000 Lexus, and old guys buy high price. Uh, and our caller, the, our female caller from, yeah. from earlier, she and, does uh, it too. And, and, and uh, <laughs> an old guy says, oh, a V8, how many horsepower? Wow. Uh, and then if you tell them a Tesla's got yeah. 1,500 horsepower. Yeah, just listen to blow the, Earl and John the go doors at off that Lexus. <laughs> I think the uh, audience has widened from the old man or the just the guys in the muscle cars. There are a lot of ladies out there that are interested in muscle cars. I'm one of them. Well. No. They're a dying breed. Well, okay. They're very unique. They're very, they have a lot of empathy uh, for that vehicle. Yeah. Rick? Do I see a snicker from you? <laughs> no, that's a that's a Clark bar. Um, no, I was just thinking of the old you're song the, "Greased you're the Lightning." Only one, All right, I got another "Greased Lightning" feedback. from uh, the movie "Grease," uh. the song, and the car. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Uh, next anonymous feedback. Uh, it's a question. That says, "Does the Toyota dealer decide whether or not to put on Toyota uh, Platinum? Toyota? Oh, it's not Toyota Care. It's Toyota Guard Platinum for the six seven hundred dollars." Um, Great, great question, and, and yes, it is up to the Toyota dealer if they're going to put that on there. So if they tell you you're getting a car, and I've heard this for how many years? 25 years. Uh, all Toyotas uh, have Toyota Guard. No, they don't. It's up to the dealer. Now, in in some situations, equipment comes in on a car because of a dealer trade after it's been work ordered, and so you don't have the ability to remove something at a certain point. Um, but most dealers that are selling Toy Guard are selling 100% of their cars with Toy Guard, and that's their choice. You go on to the, your your uh, accessorizing system, and you click, I want well, 100% Toy Guard. They sell the Toy Guard for around $700. Yes. And the cost to the dealer is around $250. Correct. So uh, that's almost a 300% markup. Yeah. So that's the reason. They're selling it for more than, than $700 yeah. now because yeah. everything's over. And, and, and the pricing is, is so convoluted and complex. They have uh, spiffs, prizes for the salespeople. They have uh, money for the dealer. They have holdback. They have uh, – it's, it's, a, it's a marketing uh, – genius uh, thing where the dealers feel like they have to have it and 95 was it 95% of the uh, Toyota dealers Southeast Toyota dealers yeah. have Toyota Guard right because it's a huge profit center and when a salesperson tells you that it's required or it's on there they they probably believe that they might have been trained that you know mm -hmm. so all great information yeah. we're caught up we are uh, thank you uh, we're going to go to the mystery shopping report and as uh, Stu calls them, that's a, a Rigo CDJWPB, <laughs> otherwise known as <laughs> <Don't read it. laughs> Mystery Shop of Rigo Chrysler Dodge Jeep West Palm Beach. Now back to the recovering car dealer. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, we'd love for you to rate this Mystery Shopping Report. Put your stamp of approval on it or give it a failing grade, whatever, but it's very important. 772. 497-6530. Again, 772-497-6530. Please vote. We're now ready. back to the recovering car dealer. Oh, thank you. The theme of our mystery shops for the last weeks has been family-owned dealerships. Whether located in small towns or in hectic metro markets, our shops have demonstrated that family-owned dealerships have priced their vehicles more fairly. We find that they're generally a safer bet for consumers during this shortage fuel pricing. I change orgy to melee. Okay. Yeah. 
But let me say something about family-owned dealerships, and Nancy and I talked about this in the car on the way to the uh, studio. Uh, family-owned businesses are uh, an anachronism. They're a dinosaur. Family businesses, period. I mean, this is something that we grew up with, uh, Nancy and I, uh, and all businesses now are almost not family-owned. You know, everything you buy is usually publicly owned, and even the publicly owned are owned by hedge funds that own all the stock. So, <clears throat> mom and pop stores are falling to Amazon and Walmart and uh, AutoWise, going to AutoNation and Penske and Sonic and the rest of them. So, yeah, it was a nice ride. Uh, small car dealerships were a nice thing to have. They're they're dropping like flies, folks, because the the value of a car dealership today, because of the obscene money car dealers are making by selling their cars at thousands over sticker. Uh, everybody wants one of those money machines, and car dealers are just selling out. The mom and pops are dropping, and uh, ten years from now it'll be like, oh, there's one in. Oregon. They're just not going to be around. It'll be like the last blockbuster. Exactly. We talked about the dying breed of family-owned car dealerships and how they're being acquired by big auto groups, but publicly and privately. Okay. Uh, one such example is Arrigo, Chrysler Dodge Jeep, West Palm Beach. Here in shortened to Arrigo, uh, that, that's short, CDJ, WPB, okay. Well, we'll just go with Arrigo. Now, Arrigo was once owned by the flamboyant Chauvin, Arrigo brothers, Jim and Joe, by the way, did you know that <coughs> their dad passed away about a month ago? I didn't know that. And yeah, and uh, he was a, he, a true pioneer, uh, Joe Arrigo Sr., uh, amazing guy going way back. He and Jim Moran were friends. He, he, he started out in Chicago, came down to Florida with Jim Moran, ran J.M. Uh, Pontiac in uh, Hollywood. But uh, he was the spark of the Arrigo family group, uh, which uh, started out with a Dodge dealership, I think, in in uh, Jacksonville, and then the father uh, bought another dealership and brought the sons in. So talk about family-owned. They what really go way. They go way back. Yeah, God bless them. And uh, anyway, uh, they they sold out unbeknownst to most people because the Arrigo brothers are still enjoying the commercials, and the the uh, big groups now like to have a name, a personal name, because. In the car business, you hear a name on a dealership, it sounds like you can walk in and talk to the dealer or call him on the phone. In, in most cases, you can't, mm -hmm. but it's a warm, fuzzy thing. Now, Schumacher, for you local people, come join the Schumacher family. Well, um, I guess there's a family, but I think they're in Montana at the ranch, but most of the dealerships, he's got, what, uh, about a dozen in the area? Mm -hmm. Now, here's the interesting thing. Stu, I don't think you realize how big uh, the Morgan Group was the the Morgan Auto Group acquired a Rigo brother a few years ago, a sh short time ago, and uh, it's more than forty nine. Uh, was it? Uh, anyway, did you know that the Morgan Auto Group is a huge group now? They're number eight nationally. Number eight. Oh, okay, so I was wrong. I, I looked up it's on their uh, on the web on the web page, and they listed forty nine. Maybe I was just looking at Flor Florida dealerships. Yeah, and they and they but this. And during the f buying frenzy during the pandemic, they're out there just snapping up yeah. the dealerships all over. So there's a huge group there in the top ten, man, number eight actually. So uh, way up there, and uh, just a point of it, more interesting to us than you because 
uh, to you, it'll always be uh, a Rigo Dodge, and that's the way they want it to be. It's for marketing. They're marketing it, and the Jim and, and Joe Rigo, or John, is it Jim and John or Jimmy and John? Jimmy and John. Joe Jimmy is the and father. Johnny. Joe's the father. Yeah, <laughs> Jim and John. Jimmy. And they do a great job. I mean, they are entertaining <coughs> commercials. They get your attention, and. Uh, uh, I'm not sure I like the practice of camouflaging and dealerships. Oh, oh, oh real quick, um, the uh, last so when, a couple weeks ago when we did the Roundtree Moored, uh, Roundtree Moore Ford um, up in yeah. uh, Lake City, that's owned by the Morgan Group too. Yeah, so yeah. and that's part of the. They're just snapping them up. Yeah. And Larry Morgan, uh, I know well because we were on the board of directors of Florida <laughs> Automobile Dealers Association together, and on the executive committee great guy and uh, he made a fortune in tires he had uh, <coughs> yeah. he, he sold tires he had a, a huge like a uh, you know chain national chain of tires and he sold out for a huge amount of money he wanted to sell cars and then though he, like a, a lot of multi-millionaires he got bored bought himself a dealership in tampa so hey this is fun and then he got on the dealers association and then the rest is history so now he's number eight in the country right. so uh Really cool guy. And the son uh, is running the store now, I think. The stores. Uh, anyway, uh, a lot of dealers are camouflaging, as I alluded to earlier. Terry Taylor, the largest privately owned. They're not even public. They're privately owned. And uh, where the, I wonder where they rank. Oh, gosh. I mean, who's number one? Is it, is it AutoNation? Uh, Penske? Uh, Pen All is number one, and then uh, Penske dropped down to three or something. Anyway, this is only interest to us car dealers, but yeah. but uh, the a uh, lot of big groups are they, they, when the, uh, names on Maroney's an example in, in uh, West Palm Beach on Okeechobee Boulevard. Maroney uh, used to be well, originally it was Roger Dean. He was a real guy that was private, and then he sold out to Auto Nation, and uh, they changed the name to. Uh, AutoNation Chevrolet, and then Marooney, who used to be the president of AutoNation, bought it. He he quit AutoNation and right. he bought it back. Now he has his own group yeah. called Marooney. Why are we talking a lot? Uh, nobody cares stock about that. Nobody cares about that. The point about is, McDonald's. it's a big smokescreen, <laughs> and no one knows who owns these dealerships. Exactly, and it makes it very difficult. Who owns McDonald's? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go so there. We are okay, Morgan. Uh, keeps his name off the dealership signs. He even keeps the dealership's name after the previous owner. Not very transparent, and I agree, I agree with that. Most of them are doing it. Uh, and Round Trace, who talked about this a second ago, they were really uh, owned by uh, the Morgan Group. And uh, there they are. Uh, actually, a good experience, too. Uh, or was it a good experience? Not really. Six thousand dollar markup. That's not a good and, experience. And the salesperson said he charged his own mama that six thousand dollar markup. Oh, that's right. right. So, <laughs> you know, I, we we gave him credit for being upfront because I, I think after the text drive, he says, "Listen, I just want to let you know that we yeah. um, we mark up our cars," and yeah. he was upfront. But you know, it's anyway. kind of like being upfront, like I'm going to beat the crap out of you in five minutes. Yeah. Like, at least he was upfront about it. <laughs> okay, here's the report. Here's the here's what's that's interesting to us. Now this is interesting to you. I arrived as if I were Agent Lightning in the late afternoon, greeted by a customer uh, service lady at the front desk. She asked me what brought me in. I said I wanted to see the Chrysler Pacificus. She asked if I wanted a new or pre-owned, and then handed me over to a salesman by calling over a man saying, Greg, you're up. A, a dealer vernacular. Right. Now, was it your you up? an up like system. It's an up. When you walk in the door, you're not a human being. You're no longer a human being. You're an up. And that's right. what it, we it call more, it. It, it, it more from 
possessive. That's you're up. You're uh, you're up to go. Yeah. Now it became yeah. a thing. All right, let's keep going. And you know, you, there's an up out there in the lot. Yeah. I see an up in the lot, and that's what we call you, yeah. folks that buy cars. Greg walked me through the showroom to the lot where there was a white Pacifica, Pacifica Pinnacle, highest trim model. Obviously, Greg said this model had the nicest of everything and everything of everything. That's a nice phrase. He said the only thing it didn't have was a refrigerator, and uh, I actually had a Lexus one Some time. Some cars have with a refrigerator. Yeah. So it doesn't have everything of everything, Greg. Yeah. Sorry. Greg left me at the car while he went back in to get the key. He returned seven minutes to say the detail guy lost the key, and they're waiting for someone to make a new one. Folks, you have no idea what an aggravation that is in car dealerships. Everybody always loses keys. In this case, it was an expensive mistake because the set of keys cost eight hundred dollars. Highway robbery. I hate it. I hate it. Does the manufacturers screw the dealers and the dealers screw you? We get charged obscene amounts as a Toyota dealer for keyless remotes and then we charge you uh, even more obscene amount uh, and it's just not right. Uh, 800 bucks, you can buy an iPhone for 800 bucks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. an SE. Oh, how can they charge you $800 for a key? I just ordered a new remote for my pickup. Just the simple little fob uh-huh. that locks and unlocks it. Uh-huh. My price on it as an employee uh-huh. was $80. $80, internal price. That's a, that's a bargain price. Mm-hmm. I asked if there was another Pacifica to see, and he said they had another one that just came off the truck. He offered to drive me around back to find it. As we drove through the lot, I could see they had maybe 30 cars on the ground when I was here last. It was jam-packed with vehicles on a huge lot, that is a huge lot, uh, now it was a ghost town. And that's what you're seeing now, it's just uh, sprinkling of cars. Most of those cars that you see are probably orders that were canceled, people that backed out, or they just haven't got around to pick up the car. And uh, it's, if you buy one of those cars, folks, that's on the lot, you're going to pay a lot more than if you order the car. You understand that that car that's on the lot truly will not be there long. They tell you that even when they have a lot of cars. When they have 10 cars or 20 or 30 cars, you know that car won't be there very long, and they know it, and they're gonna charge you for it. If you can wait, wait and order the car. I mean, you can negotiate a much better price on an ordered car than you can from the inventory. When we found it, Greg asked that he didn't uh, advise that he didn't have the keys, this one, but it should be open. We'd look at it, I told him that'd be fine. Said I was well aware of the difficulty finding cars, and if this one was available, I'd like to look at the numbers. The MSRP was 58362 and there was no addendum. Greg went over all the features with me, then drove me back to the uh, showroom. I asked him if there were markings up there, if they were marking up their vehicles like I'd heard in the news. He said they were only adding market adjustments on special vehicles like the Dodge Hellcats. That's what he said. He said they only added the 1995 a Regal Advantage, that's what he said, to their price, and it was the other dealers who were adding all the market adjustments. Sounds like Greg may have been new, <coughs> I don't know. I asked about the Arigo Advantage, which really should be the Morgan Advantage. <laughs> right. A bunch of dealers added garbage, uh, same stuff, that was on the Roundtree Moore Advantage, <laughs> and it could be taken off. He said he had a little luck having managers do this, I asked for a printed breakdown for the numbers for me. Printed. Give him a, give him a thumb drive. <laughs> yeah, right. 
he asked for some information from me first, then after he, uh, after he get the pricing from his manager. He left me waiting for 11 minutes and returned looking worried. He showed me a worksheet and immediately apologized for the big fat market adjustment. He said about that, whoops. He said it wasn't going to happen. It did happen. He said he was sorry, but the Pacifica apparently was in the same category because my manager told me it was as the other vehicle subjected to a market adjustment. The top line was MSRP 58,362. They added a 4,995 market adjustment, a 1995, that's $1,995, installed Origo Advantage or Morgan Advantage, as you prefer, $394 in taxable fees, which is uh, a salesman talk for dealer fee, hidden fee, gotcha fee, $394 taxable. Remember that. They charge sales tax on something and they told you it was a fee. Well, it's their fee. It's their profit. Right. If, you're, if, if, right, if you're charging sales tax, you're buying something. You're buying something. Right. Yeah. You're, you're not just buying the car. You're buying that fee. Exactly. It's not a tax. It's a, it's a profit to the dealer. And a 998, can we say $1,000 dock fee, which is uh, silly. Junk it's fee. another hidden fee, another Junk gotcha fee. fee and Arrigo Morgan was charging Agent Lightning $8,382 over sticker, over MSRP for that new Pacifica. Just absolutely. And you know people are paying it, folks. People are paying it. And, uh, God, Larry Morgan and company are making a lot of money. And we are, too. I mean, I'm... Not I'm, as much. Yeah. I'm not charging sticker. I'm, I'm, I'm only charging sticker. I only try. I choke every time I say to a friend... What are, you, what, what are the prices of your cars? I said, well, we draw the line at MSRP. Then I choke. Right. Because I, <laughs> but then we feel better because we say you can buy it and then go sell it and make an $8,000 profit the next day. You can. So. You can take it to the auction. Uh, Greg Preston asked if there was a number in my head and if, <laughs> and if there was to, to tell me what I want to buy the car for. He said he didn't want to lose my business over a market adjustment. <laughs> Over a mere $8,382 over MSRP. I don't don't want to lose your business because of a lousy $8,000. As if there was some minor inconvenience. I put the ball back in his court and told him to tell me what he thought Lois's manager would go for. That's which is what you're supposed to do when you're playing the game. He flipped it right back. Okay, we're playing tennis now. (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you what. When you're ready to pull the trigger (laughs) and fill out a credit app for me, I'll get him to do the uh, his best for you. So that's the old game. That's the reason franchise dealers will not exist shortly because of the game they play. You can't buy anything unless you're going to buy it today. You'll never get the low price until you buy it today, and then it ain't the low price. So there you are. We need to vote. Rush through that a little bit. But One we'll other little interesting I included at the very end. I put a picture. <clears throat> uh, so if anybody works for Google, you can report Arrigo for violating the, the Google review um, uh, rules. You can't pay for reviews. Against, vote goes against Google, any review site's policy. And uh, I don't know if Jonathan has it on the screen, but they said basically leave us a review and get a free uh, $300 value vehicle detail. So that's, oh. that's that, that breaks the oh, breaks I'm the a, rules. I'm going to email Larry Morgan and tell him that. I know he doesn't you know can't that. Do that. I mean, he got 48. Do- How many did I say yet? Well, I, I counted 49 on the website in Florida, but if there's more, uh, yeah, whatever, whatever Automotive News said, I forgot. But anyway, uh, yeah, you can't bribe Google. That's uh, no, no. 
Okay, so we got uh, we have some grades coming in. Uh, Mark uh, says very cold dealer, seventy one k for a minivan, ridiculous. He gives him a D. Uh, Frank Jupiter Farms um, F, same sad story. Uh, Bob uh, F for frustrating at Arigo. And what do we got here? Uh, well, that's what I got so far. But uh, what you got, Rick? So far, I've got Tim Gilliland with a D, uh, Negan one with an F, and Joseph Kelleher says what an outrageous dock fee. The maximum dock fee in New York, uh, New York State, is one seventy-five. So apparently, New York State has a cap on that. Yeah. I think uh, California is one fifty. Yeah. California definitely, they have a cap on it. Yeah. It's low. And Brian Sidlaco, F. Uh, for me, uh, it's an F. Uh, the, too many games, too many fees. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm with an F also. Um, it was uh, especially because when you look somebody in the eye and say we don't do market adjustments, and then five minutes later, I'm sorry, eleven minutes later, you give them a market adjustment. Yeah, that's that's the duplicitous by definition. I give them an F. That's right. Well, we had this conversation in the car, and uh, I'll tone it down a little bit. Uh, something stinks, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I give him an F. If we only had one of those machines, we could yeah. find out what was thinking. I don't need one. I got this. <laughs> yeah, well, if they come up with a machine that measures dishonesty, we'd be out of business. Exactly. We wouldn't need the show. Yeah. We'd sell those machines. <laughs> well, I, I, I know everybody's going to get mad at me, but I'm going to give them a D-. I, I don't want to think that I'm letting my friendship with the Morgan family coming our way but i will say this you need to recuse yourself oh no no last time no last time this happened i did call the morgans they did call arigo and they did change something i forgot what it was it was a couple of years ago but i will shoot them an email and just say you know take another check at your your store uh here and i'll send them a copy of the report here you go and and remind them on the google thing that's a no-no yeah yeah well that, you know, that's a clear violation the rest of it was sloppy how many times has that happened well, too you, many. Yeah, if you got, but if you've got a huge number of stores, this is a problem with large organizations. Uh, no matter who you are, Walmart has problems. Everybody has problems. It's, it's, but it's not just the organ- size of the organization; it's the franchise system. You know, Apple doesn't have a problem. They have a lot of stores, <laughs> and they don't have problem stores. I don't think. Yeah, you know, and let uh, me say that the customer service, that person was rude. Mm. Uh, well, we've also got a few more here. Uh, Wayne Veit comes in with an F. Uh, let's see, Kirk in West by God, Virginia. The market adjustment gives a solid F minus. M Av, they are simply taking advantage of people. F, Kyle in Pennsylvania. F, there are dealers, while rare in Florida, that will sell for MSRP. Every other dealer gets an F. I'll tell you what, I'm going to change your I'm going to stick with my D minus, but I'm going to email the Morgans today, and if they get back to me and make some changes. I'll stick with my D minus. Okay, that's fair. That's very fair. All right, it's an F then. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching, everybody. Good night. <laughs> good night. I feel like it. I feel like it's good night. Hey, listen, uh, you're not going to see me this afternoon, Mr. Stewart, because I'm headed to that dealership. Okay. I got a bone to pick. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, enough fun. We had a ball this morning. I hope that you did. Not only was it entertaining, but informing. It informed all of us and you. Stay tuned. Next week, we'll be right back here Saturday morning. Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend.